slow down, do a thorough walkthrough and follow all these tips and you should be good. But I'm not signing anything to say that you will be good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 118 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel Cremendi and I've got my partner here, my trusty partner, Adrian Trott. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Episode 118. We're getting up there. Getting up there. And um, before we get into it, if uh, if you've watched or listened to past podcasts, please do us a favor, like, subscribe, you know, leave us a comment, leave us a review. We really, really appreciate it. This is what drives us to keep going and keep putting out content. And if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss in upcoming episodes, um, drop us a message. We uh, That's oftentimes how we get ideas for the content. Today, we're going to be talking about how to do your own home inspection. Um, and if you drop, if you, if you leave a comment with a topic in episode 114, 114 on YouTube, listen to that episode. In addition to leaving a comment, you'll get a free KT Tumblr, which I don't have one to display, but check it out. Episode 114. Well, you did a nice job of... Uh, uh, kind of doing an infomercial for that on our Instagram account. So if you are curious, head over to our IG and um, you'll get a sneak peek. But gorgeous KT tumblers for 2021 and uh, we'll give some away. So leave that comment, as Adrian said, on episode 114. Today is episode 118, uh, how to do your own home inspection. We're going to talk about that because there are a lot of bidding wars, a lot of multiple offer situations on properties that are hot to the market, and um, sometimes you don't get an opportunity to inspect that home. So we're going to talk about that today. And I just want to throw out a teaser for one uh, episode 119, we are going to discuss if we are heading into a real estate the market bubble gonna crash. Bust? Are we going to head gonna into bust? a crash in the real estate market? That's that's in next week's episode 119. So for today, uh, let's get right into it. How to do your own home inspection. Let's preface actually by saying... If, Why would you do your own home inspection? Uh, yes. Why? Because you don't have an opportunity to bring a, a home That's inspector right. into the house. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put that caveat in there, in that kind of asterisk. That if, as an example, we're listing a property on uh, uh, Wednesday and accepting offers on Saturday, uh, that happens often. If you see the property on Wednesday or Thursday or even on Friday, there might be an opportunity. You want to reach out to the listing agent and there might be an opportunity to bring a home inspector through to get a third set of eyes in there. Um, they or might not. not. Because you may right or may not, but, but yeah. if you don't know if you don't try. It's right? worth asking. And, and, it's worth and, asking. Yes. Yeah, so if, if you can... And you might not get an opportunity to do a full inspection, but if you get a good inspector and he comes in there with the infrared and you know uh, starts with the major areas that might be of concern, pops up into the attic, does does his thing for about an hour, um, you might be able to get a good sense of um, you know what's wrong with the property. And I will also say this: even if you do get a home inspection. You know, how many times does a deal 
fall apart because of a home inspection. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. It's 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 very very little. You, I'll let you elaborate on it. Um, I'm I'm kind of going through the whole gambit here, but um, there's there's always that sense of oh, I have to have a home inspection for my peace of mind. Well, you're you know the home inspector is only going to tell you what needs to be done to the property to get it back up into you know that kind of 90% um of of maintenance or 100% of maintenance um or if there's any deficiencies that are noticeable because we can only see what we can see with our eyes and i guess now with an infrared but there's still a lot of things that would be hidden well the um, difference yeah the difference there being is that the average person doesn't know what to look at so even though it's things they can visually see they may not know what to look for but a good realtor might absolutely I mean, so, we've sat through hundreds of home inspections, so we're very. So, he, uh, so here's the thing: let's say you 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 buy a home and you get a home inspection, and the home inspector says this, 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 and this is wrong because they always find tons of things wrong, even in newer homes. You get a laundry list of stuff that needs to be corrected or addressed, or just paying attention to. Let's just say on a million dollar home, you know, there's ten grand worth of current and uh, near future repairs. It's not going to really stop you from, from moving forward. I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember so. the last time I had a home inspection that resulted in a deal falling apart. More often than not, the issues are minor. More often than not, there are issues that we would anticipate with a home of that particular age. And um, what we like to use them as, or what I do, and I'm sure you're the same, is we use them as an opportunity to try to negotiate a further improved deal for our clients. And quite often it works. But if you're in a situation where it's a matter of getting the deal or not getting the deal, I, I remember mm, two, two deals clearly in the last decade where it was a deal breaker. So I'd say it's rare that you find a significant problem with a house. I've only had two transactions in my entire real estate career that didn't come together due to a home inspection. The first one was um, there was tons of mold in the attic. Yeah. And what had happened, it was an older home. We talked about this in a recent podcast about where the main bath oh, the vent. venting. Yeah. Um, so at some point in the age of this home, it was probably 50 years old. And within that 50 years, the bathroom was renovated, even though it needed to be renovated again. It was renovated at some point. And there was a vent in the bathroom, but it was venting straight into the attic. And over the years, the moisture accumulated in there and it created black mold and a lot of it. And my buyer having young children and a newborn baby said, okay, I understand that it can be remedied, but this is not something I want or want to deal with. And at that point too, you don't know where the mold has crept into the rest of the house and the extent of the remedy. Um, you know, if it were me and yeah, you can bring remediation companies in to take care of it but are you getting into removing insulation removing drywall you know removing joists are you spraying them what are you doing like how are you and then you know what is the 
what is this uh, capacity of that company to ensure the rest of the home isn't getting affected while that's getting repaired. So, um, so he wasn't comfortable with that. The second one was actually a three-story townhome in Milton, and this was just a couple of years ago. And the property had been renovated. And most of the time on a three-story townhome, you're not too concerned with a lot in a home inspection because you're protected from three sides of the property. So there's no, the only exterior wall is your front facing wall on an inside unit. There's no basement. Your, your main floor is your main floor and then it's just concrete foundation below. Um, of course, there's the attic, but not a whole lot to inspect. Like usually those inspections go relatively quickly. Yeah. But as I was walking through the property and it was renovated nicely, nice new kitchen, you know, nice flooring. I noticed something interesting and it was in one of the bathrooms where there were different colors of pipes and different connection pieces And it all started from the wall out. So I thought to myself, this home isn't that old. Why would they be replacing those pipes? So I started to dig in a little further and I noticed, uh uh-oh, something's not right here. So I suggested to my clients, let's have a home inspection. If If we can put a deal together with a home inspection, even if it's for a period of a day, I'll find one of my home inspectors to get in here quickly. So we did. And this particular home inspector has been in um, uh, home construction is basically his entire life because that's what his father did. So he knows a little bit about renovations as as most of the home inspectors that we deal with they they have a very good background and knowledge on they typically come from the yeah yeah the construction industry of some trade of some sort yep um so he spent quite a bit of time looking at the plumbing and and looking in various areas of the home and he said um we have a problem i said what's that problem he said there's kitech plumbing uh all behind the walls and there's some that comes into the um utility room that i identified i said interesting so with certain kitech plumbing as as you know we've had uh, that chat with um uh, our, our plumbing contractors in the past and episode 40 something we had um, pro results plumbing on here talking about it it's it's something that should be remedied uh because you don't know at what time those pipes and those fittings might fail. Um, and there are insurance companies that won't um, uh, insure the, the property uh, with those pipes. So anyways, I found out it's going to be about a $10,000 repair. Um, the seller wasn't willing to negotiate any further, but more so my buyer wasn't willing to take on um, take on the work because they wanted to move in without having any hassle and they didn't want the seller being the one repairing it because obviously they tried to do patchwork and cover it up. So why would you want them to repair it prior to closing? So, so those are the only two deals out of 
so many deals <laughs> that um, ever uh, got canceled uh, based on the home inspection. Um, so where do you want to go with this? How, how to do your own home inspection? Well, do you want to... Yeah, I think I think the premise of it is, you know, what should they focus on? Because if if you're if you're contemplating doing your own home inspection, it's because you don't have the opportunity to do a proper one. Because if you did, we would recommend doing it. But if you're doing your own, the things to look closely at are what well, I would think anyways are um the attic, it's can, it can be hard to access. So if you're unable to access it, something to try is if you can at least open the hatch, maybe stick your phone on something like an extended selfie stick, turn the camera on, turn the light on, do a little recording up there and see, bring it back down, take a look and see if you can see any signs. So you were talking about attics. So common problems we find, well, I wouldn't say these are common, but when we find problems, the common ones are uh, mold, um, which in itself is not terrible. So it depends on the type and how excessive it is. But also if, if it's during the day and you see zero light up there, it could be that the soffits are blocked and that means a airflow problem. That's easily remedied just by getting up there and, and moving the insulation away from the walls or having somebody install baffles to prevent it from going back there. Um, if the bathroom vents are vented through the attic, you want to make sure they're connected, not laying on the ground. Yep. Because that can that can result in moisture problems, which turns into mold. Um, I would say the electrical panel is good just to open up. One, depending on the age of the house, make sure uh, determine what type of wiring it is. If it's copper, you're good to go. If it's aluminum, some insurance companies may have requirements of you changing the system or getting the connections pigtailed, or just you know you have to pay a higher premium. So taking that into consideration. Also, from a safety perspective, making sure people aren't double tapping the uh, breakers or having uh, the improper wires. Now, those are things some people may not understand. So, you know, I can see why they may not get into that. But those are things to that those wouldn't be deal breakers, anyways. Now, looking at an electric panel is actually not as complicated as it might seem from the perspective of having. Um, uh, need of attention like obviously if you know just the visual appeal if you take off that front cover if there are too many wires going into breakers if there are wires that are just oh just to all clarify over the place, that just to clarify that every breaker should only have one wire going into it if it has more than one that's called double tapping and that's not recommended um, so that can be alleviated by adding new breakers if there's space for new breakers. Yes, and you see that a lot of times when there's a finished basement. Yeah. Um, because it's it's actually just laziness, right? Oh, we're just going to add a, a plug here. We'll just throw it onto there. It doesn't matter. And And really, by code, you need that separate breaker uh, for a certain amount of of whatever whatever is using up your electricity um uh you know lights lights and receptacles yeah. oftentimes will go into um one breaker and things like that like um when you have a stove or a fridge you're going to need separate breakers from that but um if you see 
that there are a mess of wires just coming from everywhere. You know, you want to be just aware of it. If breakers are not clearly labeled, you want to be aware. Um, when you say aware, what do you mean? Because to me, none of that is important from the perspective of buying the house. To me, if if the property has a finished basement, you will find more. You 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 are likelier to find electrical issues, and when breakers aren't clearly marked and wires are going in without being properly and and just nice and clean right like you can see when when wires have been stapled to the backboard and um or or just clearly um channeled into the uh panel um so uh, you can identify when an electrician has taken the time and care to make sure that everything is right and when it's done to code and done properly. If it's not, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily an issue, but me as a homeowner and um, you know, just being cautious with those things, I would bring an electrician in after closing and say, can you clean yeah, this up? Yeah. Can you mark the, you know, make sure that everything is, is good. So you spend the few hundred bucks and, and you got that peace of mind. Um, okay, go ahead. Next. I think that's important. I don't think it's important from the perspective of deciding whether or not to put an offer on the house. But I do think that there are certain things like that that should be addressed afterwards. Like well, little here's, things here's, like... Here's what I'm saying, though. You have to be aware in the sense that if, it, if there was a home inspector doing that home yeah. inspection, it would end up yeah. on your report. And, For sure. and you as the buyer would say, well, how much is that going to cost me? And he's going to say, well, it's going to be a half a day of an electrician's time. So it'll cost you 400 bucks. Um, right. So mentally, you got to know, okay, I got to spend 400 here. I got to spend 300 here. And well, if you, yeah, yeah. I think I think even better than that is just recognizing you're probably going to have a few thousand dollars in things to get it up to a, a level that you might be comfortable with. Like things like having... Um, um, GFCI plugs that aren't working. Like, you know, that's not important. You can get it fixed. I wouldn't let it be a deal breaker, but it's something you should be aware of. You know, and so that, that happens when you, all the time. It happens 100%. all the time. That there's a lot outside too. Yeah, uh, and near water, like um, sinks. Um, some homes have just normal receptacles where you need the if they were built EFCI. before the code yeah correct yeah. um and some of them have all kinds of receptacles that aren't working i have receptacles in my home that aren't working um and it just needs a new receptacle for whatever reason it failed right so yeah i have one talking- upstairs that was has not been working for 10 years and alicia's been nagging me to fix it so the other day i un- i unscrewed it and one of the wires was not securely fastened so i took it out pushed it back in Boom. Perfect. Only so took you a lot 10 of these years to do that simple took me fix. 10 years. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting to be more handy lately. It's it's amazing what uh, a little extra time during quarantine and being at home so often will uh, will do to maintenance in a home. I think maybe you just start to realize the issues more and they affect you more. Yeah. So then you're more inclined <laughs> to repair them. So the attic is a big one. Electrical, I would say, is definitely good to look at. Um, ideally, the basement's not done because then you can get a really good view of the foundation. Uh, if it is done, 
there's not so much you can do on the inside from that perspective. But basement cracks are things we come across often. I'd say that's one of the more common things, perhaps. Um, most of the time, they're not severe. But if they are big enough to result in water penetration, it's usually a relatively easy fix. Like, there's a company I use often that charges, I think, 600 bucks per crack. So they'll inject um, whatever it is they inject into it. It fills the crack. It's sealed. It's warranty for 20 years. 600 per crack is high? I don't think yeah. so. I've had people quote me like $2,000. No, okay. Um, but, you know, those are things that if you if the basement's not done, it's good to be aware of them. You can look at the crack on the inside, look at the outside, see if you see any white powder, the efflorescence as a result of the um, minerals and calcium deposits and stuff like that in the water. That actually uh, scares we, a lot of people because they think it's mold. I've had realtors, yeah, yeah. I've had realtors call me on our properties that have uh, have had that fluorescence in, in there's white in, mold in yeah. the basement. There's, why is there mold <laughs> in the basement? I'm like, he's too moron. funny. Yeah. Um, so cracks in the basement floor. I want to talk about that because that's um, that often scares people, right? They see cracks in the basement floor and they're like, oh, there's a foundation issue. Um, most, especially the newer homes, older homes, you'll always find cracks all over the place. I mean, it's just over time and settling. Um, most new builders, the way they pour the concrete, it's interesting because in a general, you know, um, new build, they'll, they'll, they'll literally just put one one whole platform of concrete, essentially. There's no stress uh, reliefs uh, through it. So some as builders an, do. Some, not many, some, though. but yeah. not many. Uh, as an example, if you were to get a concrete patio made in your backyard, and people have probably seen this, or if you use sidewalks as an example, you get lines that are strategically um, engineered within that concrete to to relieve it from cracking from stress cracks um i'd almost be concerned if your basement floor doesn't have any stress cracks because it could mean that the stress is on exterior walls um but it's nothing to be um alarmed about um it's going to happen on a lot of homes and if that gap is small-ish anyways, um, it's, an, it's an easy fix. It's an easy patch. But the one thing I will comment on, because my floor in my basement did have um, several um, and, and a couple of big ones, um, not in terms of width, although they, they were spanning a bit, but uh, in terms of length. And what had happened as the home settled uh, the the floor cracked and the home settled with it and and it resulted in some parts of that floor now not being level. So if you're right. going to finish your basement, um, when you're installing the subfloor or your flooring, if you're not putting a subfloor down and and just putting your flooring down, um, you might want to have that leveled out. So when 
when we finished our basement, um, I had that crack just repaired enough that it's, um, you know, not going to create any further damage. But we also uh, had the contractor lay down uh, self-leveling concrete uh, in the areas that did take a little bit of a dip to level out that floor. And that way, when you install your floors, especially if it's a laminate floor, which a lot of people are using, you won't have that. Um, and, 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 you know, we've all stepped on those laminate floors in the basements where, oh, where yeah. you step on one area and all of a sudden it feels like you're going to fall through or, um, you know, they're um, not, in, not in perfect sync with each other. So, so that's just a, a quick little tip. Um, Here's another tip uh, for you. If you are running your own kind of, I don't even know, uh, know if you're saying we're doing our own home inspection because right now, let's face it, in this market, you're probably stuck to a half an hour showing. If you're lucky, you're getting an hour showing at the property. Uh, obviously, you want to look at the property itself. You want to look at the size of the rooms. You have a lot of home to see. So you're very limited. So hopefully your realtor is is helping you with that. Of course, our team, we all carry moisture meters with us. So to your point, um, in the basement, we'd be able to identify if there's any active uh, water or um, any moisture in the uh, walls or concrete even. Um, run all of the taps and, and leave, leave them, them running. running. Yeah. Leave them running. That's for, a big one. Yeah. For several minutes. So what I do, if I know, okay, my clients are going to be really interested in this property and we've got a showing, I'll tell them, go and look at the house and let me get some of the mechanical stuff checked out. So I open all of the cabinetry and have a peek underneath, see are there any signs of water damage. Um and while I'm doing that, I'm turning on the taps. So in a bathroom, you let the faucet of the sink and the tub run and run at the same time and keep them running. Um, as you go through the rest of the house, you after five to 10 minutes, you come back, shut it down, check, is there any visible water? You know, is any slow leak? What's happening? Um flush the toilets, right? Make sure they're flushing properly, that they're not drain, um, uh, uh, running. I would open and close all the little valves so toilets have a water shutoff valve. All the sinks will have a hot, should have a hot and cold water shutoff valve. They may not, but they usually do. Yep. Uh, even the main water shutoff valve to the house, make sure that works because if that's not working and you move in and you do have a plumbing issue, a leak somewhere, and that doesn't shut off, you're in trouble because now you've got to call the city and get it shut off at the road. That's going to take you hours, and by that time, you're you're swimming in water. Sump pump is uh, a good thing to have a quick inspection on, and just making sure it works and that it's not. Sometimes you can tell um, if the home is taking on too much water just by running the sump pump. So um, most sump pumps have the. I don't know what you would even call it, a, a, a trigger valve uh, of some kind in the pump. Uh, so you'll see the plug from the uh, motor of the sump pump 
plugged into a, um, it's basically. Um, one plug like and next, another plug. One plug and another plug. Yeah, that's the easy way to put it. I don't know what the technical term is, but imagine you plugging something into an extension cord or a, a surge protector. Uh, it's it's kind of like that. If you disconnect the two and then plug the uh, motor uh, right into uh, the plug from the motor right into the receptacle, it will override that uh, trigger and automatically start the the sump pump. Um, and you'll see if it's a running and um, how much water is currently in that pit. Um, that can be an identifier. Alternatively, if it doesn't have that setup, because many of the new ones are, I find getting away from that, you may have, or some of the older ones rather, um, you may have a float, just like a toilet float. So you just lift that up and it will turn on. If it doesn't turn on, then it's not working. But to put things in perspective, these are good things to know, but a, a new sump pump is maybe, I don't know, two to 300 bucks. Plus if you need a plumber, another two to 300 bucks. So yeah. you're talking you, you can five, get one $600. You can get one installed for 600 bucks. And oftentimes if you're replacing the sump pump and you get a new one, uh, we recommend getting a backup, uh, a battery backup. So if your power goes down and there's uh, excess water, because oftentimes that would happen in a, in a torrential rainstorm or something like that. Um, I don't think you, I've ever heard my pump go. Does yours go? I uh, no, not on its own. I I do override it and run it every couple months, maybe. Yeah, um, and that's a good tip actually, because every once in a while you want that motor working because otherwise it, it's just like a car, right? Like if you leave a car in your garage for several years and you don't start it, it's not going to start. Well, and that's the same as the water shutoff valves. If you don't use them, they'll seize. It, so right. everything needs to be used on occasion. And it's so yep. easy to do. So, yep. But um, realistically, in being in the industry, it, this stuff doesn't happen, right? So it's good to test. The appliances, you know, uh, if you're not going to buy new appliances, like if, if the appliances are still in good shape and you like them and you want to keep them, make sure they're working. Um, you know, just make sure that like, if you're running the dishwasher that you cancel it and drain it before you leave, same thing with the washing machine. Um, so respect the fact that you're not going to leave them running, um, turn on all the burners on the stove, turn on the oven, give it a few minutes, make sure everything's operational, take pictures along the way. So if you're just in a showing and you're doing this, Take pictures, take video evidence, make sure that you're documenting it so you know, okay, this was working when we were here at the showing. Uh, take pictures of the serial numbers of everything, you know, so document it because that's what a home inspector would do. They would document it and put it into a, um, uh, a report for you. Another um, common thing I find is grading issues. So if you're outside and you notice that the, the ground is sloped towards the Hard to do the in house, the winter, though. Hard to do in the winter. Hard to do in the winter. Well, you can still see if it's if it's an issue, if it's not covered in snow. But if the ground is, is sloping inwards towards the house, you want to correct that. So that's relatively easy to do by removing or adding soil or stone or landscape of some sort. Uh, where it can be a bigger issue is if it's like a poured concrete patio that is sunken in that way, that's a big job. You can't just, I mean, there are techniques to raise it, but they don't always work. And I don't believe they're cheap. So then you might be looking at replacing it. So that could become a big issue. Um, 
And it doesn't mean there's an active leak. It just means that you're going to have excessive water against the foundation, which means it's maybe prematurely going to wear it out. So those are things to be aware of. And then those are areas inside. So if you see a particular wall where that does happen outside, you may want to pay a little bit more attention to the inside of that wall in the basement to see if there's any indication that there is are signs of water penetration. But I would say the biggest thing people can do, aside from everything here, I think these are all great ideas, is to slow down. Because it's amazing how often when you go back for a home in, or a, a buyer revisit after you've purchased, you start to notice things that you didn't notice before. You know, and it's because you've slowed down a little bit. You're, you know, you're in the beginning, you're super excited and caught up in the moment and in love with how nice and staged the house is. Then you go back, it's no longer staged. You're paying more attention to other things. Um, maybe doing things like testing windows at that point, you notice some of the windows aren't working. Those, those could be big expenses, cracked windows, uh, hardware on windows that don't work. So those are things to pay attention to. So do slow down, do a thorough walkthrough and follow all these tips and you should be good. But I'm not signing anything to say that you will be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll just end on this. So if you're going to buy a property and don't have an opportunity to have a home inspector in there, although you should try, if you can't, because that happens all the time now, those are some tips. But be aware that you are buying that home the way you see it. Expect the unexpected and expect to have out-of-pocket expenses to bring that home into proper shape because every single home will have expenses of repairs and maintenance that is needed immediately. If you're buying a resale home, and I don't care what age that home is, even if it's a one-year-old, two-year-old, 10-year-old, 20-year-old home, every home will have some out-of-pocket expenses that are required some people do it. Some people don't, right? Like some people move into the home and know, and even people that have home inspections, some of them totally ignore the inspector's uh, comments and maintenance tips and, and all that. So it's up to you, but um, uh, expect that every single home is going to have deficiencies. And, um, and that's the risk you get when buying a resale home. So there you go. Episode 118 of KT Confidential. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please like, please subscribe. Send us a comment with any topics you'd like us to discuss. Um, next week, we're talking about the real estate market. And are we headed for a crash? Make sure you tune into episode 119 next week.